I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome to day two of VSIN Tonight, which is uh, the show featuring Wes Reynolds. Matt Humans here. Circus Sportsbook, VSIN Studio, downtown Las Vegas. College Hoops going to be the focus of tonight's show, but we're also going to talk some football with Chris. The Bear Felica of Fox Sports. He was the winner of the uh, Circuit Friday Football Invitational. And the Bear is going to be on tonight to talk a little college football and NFL draft. That's at the uh, top of hour number two. Let's get into college hoops. we got some big-time games about to tip off. And Wes Reynolds, your number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament you set out last night is Kansas. Mm-hmm. The Jayhawks, eight-point home favorites against Texas Tech. Total 148. Those are the numbers right here at the Circus Sportsbook. Is Kansas a fragile favorite tonight? Because we know the Red Raiders are desperate dogs. They could be. I took nine and a half, but I'm a little concerned about it now that it's down to eight. I mean, certainly the market is moving that way, but the fact is West uh, Kansas was 10-point favorites over West Virginia yep. at one point on Saturday. So is it like Texas Tech, are they better than West Virginia? I don't know if that's necessarily the case, even though they split the season series. So... A little bit nervous. Uh, looks like people loaded up on Texas Tech, but uh, there we are. I got nine and a half, so I'll get a little bit better of the close. Yeah, you got the best of the number here. So we talk about the Kansas Jayhawks, who are uh, ranked number three right now. That's your number one team, right? And you said that because uh, mm-hmm. the Jayhawks have the most quad one wins? Yes. And for those who don't know, can you explain what a quad one win is? Uh, basically, uh, you know, based on the formula that they have with the net rankings, I think it's the top 50 
I'm not positive, but you know, you just look. I mean, they they have the most quality wins of anybody. You don't even have to know which quadrant that they're in to really know that. Uh, I think Kansas, of all the elite teams, they really like you know they they tested themselves. Uh, I think the most, at least in the non-conference. Yeah, I think so too. And actually, Kansas playing in the toughest conference in the country, talking about the Big Twelve, does have some quality non-conference wins too. That said. Wes, I bet Kansas to win the championship last year and cash those tickets as high as 20 to 1, anywhere between 15 to 1 to 20 to 1. I don't think this Jayhawks team's as good as it was a year ago, and I don't think uh, they're going to repeat. And the reason I say that, they don't have the uh, they don't have the low post force that they had last year in a guy like David McCormick, and that's why I think this Kansas team is not as good. Would you agree with I that? I don't think that they're as good, but I don't know if maybe all of college basketball is as good right. either. Because I don't think there's like necessarily one dominant team. They're certainly not as deep. I think I think shooting wise, they're just as good, if not better, with Dick and Wilson. But mm-hmm. they're not all that deep, you know, without McCormick. But they do have the kid uh, Uday, who they are playing more off the bench, who is the five star kid out of Orlando, Florida. So they are playing him at least a little bit more. And you know, this time of year, most teams don't go that deep in the rotation. Right. Usually, shorten it rather than lengthen it. So you're going to play seven guys, maybe eight guys max. All right, that's one game about to tip off right now, and that's uh, Kansas hosting Texas Tech. Let's go to the SEC. Money on Arkansas. This line opened Tennessee minus seven, down to five and a half, total of 134 and a half. And the the Razorbacks pushed Alabama to the limit on Saturday. Back-to-back road games here. I'm on the Hogs. Uh, plus six and a half. I hope they're live dogs tonight. I think that's going to be the case. Wes, when you look at this Arkansas team that Eric Musselman has recruited, all these uh, five stars and McDonald's All-Americans, Nick Smith, mm-hmm. Ricky Council, Devontae Davis, these guys are like a big three. I think um, you, you could probably say the arrow's pointing up on Arkansas heading into March. Do you feel that way? I do feel that way, and the arrow's been pointing down really on Tennessee. They've mm-hmm. lost five of their last eight now. You know, they've had defensive shooting regression. They've had some bad luck, and they've also had some injuries. But Nick Smith, uh, 50 points in the Hogs' last two games combined. And then I think their length on the perimeter gives the Tennessee guards a lot of issues, particularly, if I could spit that out, Ziegler. Uh, And, you know, Barnes tries to run that flex offense, but that length can really get Tennessee out of that offense. So, They've had a couple guys. We'll see if uh, if Julian Phillips and uh, and Tyree Key end up playing. I think they are both uh, the proverbial game time decision. So I'm about to see if uh, they have been ruled out. Tennessee has, uh, I'm going to say, uh, trouble <clears throat> on the offensive end of the floor too often. That's a team that was held to 46 points by Auburn, 54 by Kentucky, got swept by the Wildcats. Wes, I think those offensive limitations are going to be too much for Tennessee to overcome in the month of March. And that's why I think you're not buying into the Vols right now either. No, right? not not really. And 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 I felt that the defensive regression was going to happen because right. they were, teams just weren't making threes against this team. And, you know, that, ha- that has a tendency to even out, I think, over the course of time. So, you know, we'll see. Tennessee, I mean, obviously for Rick Barnes, and Rick Barnes won everywhere about he's been. He's won at Providence, won at Texas, won at... Tennessee uh, has won every really Clemson. He's won everywhere, but he's never gotten it done in March. So until, until he can do that, that's always going to be kind of the albatross around his neck. He's not the only coach that's got that issue. There's a lot of them. 
who uh, have not been to a Final Four. A lot of good coaches who have not been there yet. How about Sean Miller? Mm-hmm. He's never been to a Final Four. Uh, it took Mark Few a long time to finally break through, and uh, he did. But, <clears throat> you know, Matt Painter at Purdue is another guy who's going to be criticized by some people until he can get it done. Painter can't even get over the Sweet 16 hurdle, Wes. He, he's been to the Elite Eight one time and uh, lost a game to Virginia. That was kind of a fluke finish in regulation with overtime, and Purdue lost, and a Virginia team went on to win the national championship. But there's a lot of coaches like that who haven't got it done. But I think when you're betting on futures, you got I, I do think you have to be aware of that. The guys like Rick's, Rick Barnes and Matt Painter do not have that track record of getting to the Final Four, and those are not the types, type of teams you want to bet on the futures. No, not not at all. Uh-huh. And, and I think you want those uh, proven commodities. Yeah. I mean, everything, of course – and this is going to be, you know, an echo chamber over the next couple of weeks. But I don't want to be a broken record when I say everything is draw dependent. I think, you know, matchups, you know, they say styles make fights. Well, matchups make them in the NCAA tournament. And especially this year when you don't have like, you know, really a clear number one team, I think, in America. So this is the potential for a lot of upsets or this is a potential for chalk if they get the right draws. And I think you could see that. You know, if Tennessee gets in like a, like a rock fight draw, if they get a bunch of teams like that, I think Purdue is like the same way mm-hmm. too. If you get a bunch of teams that are half-court teams, Purdue, I think, can out-execute most of these teams offensively. But if they get in teams that I think are more athletic and kind of rim-run, run you, out, run you down the floor, I, that's where I think Purdue could be in trouble, and I think that's where you could see Tennessee could be in trouble if they can't really control pace against the team. Yeah, like you said, it's a lot about the draw. It's a lot about matchups and some about luck, you know, when you get into March and uh, the teams that advance and the teams that don't. All right, so we got one more in the Mountain West I want to talk about here. San Diego State at Boise State. And uh, we broke this one down on last night's show. I talked about it with Mitch Boss, Paul Howard this morning on Follow the Money. This is a great spot for Boise. Uh, The Broncos opened one-point home favorites. Right now at Circa, the number's up to three. And uh, steam on the Boise State side. Aztecs clinched a share of the Mountain West Championship with that buzzer-beating buzzer beating three that Lamar, Lamont Butler threw down at uh, New Mexico on Saturday night. Back-to-back road trips here for the uh, Aztecs after clinching a share of the conference. And, West, they're going to win the conference outright mm-hmm. because San Diego State hosts Wyoming on Saturday. So that's all but a formality. Aztecs are going to win the Mountain West outright, win or lose tonight. I think San Diego State's the only team that's a lock to be in the tournament out of the Mountain West. I really still feel like Boise, Nevada, and uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Utah State. Utah State. Boise and New Mexico. Boise, Nevada, Utah State, New Mexico are all fighting for what might be a second or third spot. I don't even think the Mountain West is guaranteed to get three teams in. Boise's got to be a desperate team tonight after blowing the game at San Jose on Saturday. Yeah, you would think so. And I actually did not end up on the side. I ended up on the total. And I took actually over 134 and a half. And you would think, okay, between these two teams, it's going to be a defensive battle. But I think with everything clinched, San Diego State going to be the number one seed here in Mm -hmm. uh, the Thomas and Mac. And Boise State going to be the number two seed. I actually played the over 134 and a half because I think, you know, is there going to be the sense of urgency on defense and if these two teams were to meet in like the championship game? And I don't think so. I think these two teams uh, might get up and down the floor. It might be a very physical game, so you get a lot of fouls. So 
kind of went the opposite way because conventional would be to go to the under here, but I'm on the over 34 and a half. Well, I think Boise likes to get up and down the floor. And you know what? This Aztecs team's not afraid to uh, play at They'll a faster pace. They'll run with you. I mean, yeah. we, we've seen that really throughout the Mountain West Conference season. And, and I still think this is a good team. This is a good defensive team, San Diego State. But they're not like the same. Like, they've had better ones, I right. think, in years past, no you know, which that. were absolute lockdown teams where you would get 45-43 or, like, 50-48 games. Haven't seen as many of those except with the Fresno State, of course, because they can't shoot at all. Yeah, Even those, though I'm on them tonight, by the way. <laughs> for those who don't recall, San Diego State about 10 days ago, 10 days, two weeks ago, beat uh, Fresno 45-43 to on the road. Probably the ugliest game you're going to watch this season. Anyway... As we uh, head to break, my best bets, and I mentioned them on the show last night, Boise State minus one against San Diego State, Arkansas plus six and a half at Tennessee, and San Jose State, a two-point home favorite against Colorado State. All The first two games tipping off right now, San Jose goes uh, later tonight. And uh, Wes, what do you have in action? You've got the San Diego State-Boise State over. I do. A uh, lot number? And I've got a 34 and a half. I'm also on Arkansas with you. And I'm on Fresno State plus eight at New Mexico. That'll be a late tip. A couple NBA props tonight as well. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton for a double-double. Pascal Siakam under 24.5 points. That's in progress. And also, I went ahead and did it. Damian Lillard under 37.5 points as he goes home to Oakland to face the Warriors tonight. Well, we'll keep an eye on that tonight. If you can't see it at home, steam is rolling off Wes's head. He's ticked off. And we're going to tell you why next. Stay tuned. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back. The segment of VSEN tonight is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Hey, look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're seeking, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online to find a store near you at zen.com at zyn.com today. Warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. All right, back to college hoops here. Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, and uh, don't forget about Krista Bear-Felica on deck tonight to talk some football. But right now, it's all college hoops. Wes, the Duke Blue Devils survive. They win, but don't cover tonight. It's a close mm-hmm. call at Durham, uh, Cameron Indoor in Durham, and uh, Duke yeah, they're, wins by, by a score. Four. Yeah, 71-64. to 64 over NC State tonight. And, uh, you know, it's weird now. You have to find the Duke scores on the unranked page because uh, usually you can go to the top 25, find Duke. You can't find NC State there either. But uh, 71-67, and Jeremy Roach has 20 points tonight. Duke, two for 19 from three-point range, West Two for 19, mm-hmm. but they hit 23 of 29 free throws. Imagine that, home court advantage, and Duke uh, wins by four, fails to cover. Yeah, and uh, that's and, a six and a half point. And, and they pretty much controlled the game. They just, you know, and it, NC State got there at the end. Duke never really could pull all that far away. I think I saw them by double digits uh, for a little bit, maybe like ten or eleven. But NC State gets inside the number. You know, Duke. I know they didn't cover tonight, but that's five in a row for them. And then mm-hmm. they're starting to 
I think, kind of figure it out. You know, they've got a lot of talent. It's a lot of young talent. They had one guy return. You mentioned him, Jeremy Roach. He was the only guy that returned off that Final Four team. But you have a bunch of kids from the transfer portal. Then you have, like, seven freshmen. They were the number one recruiting class in the country. So no surprise that it's taking them a while. But really what's kind of been the surprising thing of Duke is that they're better defensively. Then they are offensively. Usually it takes the freshmen, these, you know, five-star McDonald's All-American kids, a year to figure out how to play good college defense, or at least at a high level. And Duke's been pretty solid defensively most of the year. It's just, who are going to be their shooters? Who are going to be the guys that are going to make the big shots once they get into the NCAA tournament? But, you know, Duke is a team that I think they are kind of starting to figure it out a little bit, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I would expect they're probably going to be ranked next week, assuming they can sweep North Carolina. Well, Blue Devils are healthy now. Those freshmen are growing up a little bit. They're looking a lot better. Uh, I'll say this. I think Duke's a better defensive team because John Shire is a better defensive coach Mm -hmm. than uh, Coach K. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's putting, putting more of an emphasis on defense. I think you could see that from the start of the season. The problem Duke is going to have is three-point shooting. And again, tonight, two for 19. You're not going to win many games you shoot two for 19 from three. You can survive that at home. Not going to happen on the road or on a neutral court. Kyle Filipowski, I, I think, is the most important player to this team. Yes. Jeremy Roach is pretty important, too, the point guard. But Filipowski, the freshman, 11 points, 14 rebounds tonight. But Filipowski and Roach combined 0 for 8 from three-point range. So Duke lucky to survive. Uh, Wes, I had a money line parlay tonight on Duke. And Indiana. Do we have an update on the Hoosiers? Oops. Yeah. Mm. Final final score in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. It is uh, 90 to 68, Iowa. What? Hurt hurt my feelings. Yeah, 90 to 68. Uh, uh, Nice effort by Indiana to come out. What happened here to the Hoosiers? Uh, What happened is they didn't play any defense, and you could see from the the get go, gave up 55.6% shooting, 13 of 23 on the three. Hurt my feelings also because I did play the under. Got it a little back with the second half under, but I had under 157. It ends 158, which a bunch. We, we were watching it in like the little changeover that we only have a few seconds to complete here. And <laughs> we were watching it, and, you know, th- there was a bunch of random fouling at the end and a couple technical fouls. I don't know what they were for. I was just paying attention to the score. But 90 to 68 was the final score. I'll have to look at the box to see what the points per possession was. But uh, yeah, you know, Mike Woodson, quote, that was a BS performance tonight. Yeah, BS coaching, BS playing, by the way, for Indiana. I mean, it's one thing to get beat. They got dominated. And you could tell from like the first four minutes into the game, Iowa hits a couple threes. They got really comfortable. Indiana got lost without switches. So maybe the refrain from some of the Hoosier fans is that, Oh, we don't want to have Xavier Johnson, you know, because we don't want to n- disrupt the chemistry and what the momentum we got Come going. On. So we can only play him like a couple minutes. BS, you need to play him as much as you can because he's the best perimeter defender on that team. Th- those guys got lost in space tonight, Matt, especially Jalen Huchifino, who had one of the great freshman performances in program history. He did not tonight. He looked like he had his head you know where in terms of defense. He was turning his head around because he was watching the Iowa guy in the black jersey score at the rim every single time. Trace Jackson Davis, 26 points, 13 rebounds, mm-hmm. not much help. How about Jalen Hood who we couldn't stop bragging about after his 35-point performance at Purdue? 
eight points tonight, four for 14 shooting, no show from the freshman. Yep. How Now, this was a game that was a tricky handicap. We talked about this last night. Iowa was off the absolute miracle win mm-hmm. and cover in overtime against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Indiana was off um, an A-plus performance and a win at Purdue, a sweep of your rival. Yes. Which team was going to have the letdown? I thought it would be Iowa, especially since Indiana blew a big lead in the first meeting between the teams in Iowa City. And you talked about Mike Woodson, how uh, he is no big fan of Fran McCaffrey. And I thought this would be payback for the Hoosiers tonight. Not the case at all. How does Indiana come up this flat on its home floor? Especially to a team that you had down 20 on their own home floor. I know Patrick McCaffrey didn't play, but he's not worth 20 points in terms of that momentum. And, you know, there was some controversial officiating in Iowa City. So I thought that this team was going to be ticked Mm -hmm. off, too, Uh, you know, to have Iowa come in. And but Iowa, you know, I'll give them credit. The momentum, there was something to that. And we mentioned that last night that, you know what, maybe they've got momentum for a team that, you know, should have been ousted. They were down 13 with, what, a minute and a half to go? 10 in the final minute. Yeah, and made like five threes in the final minute, a minute cover. So then it's like, you know, maybe Fran McCaffrey, assuming he's smart, I think he is a smart coach. He's, you know, very ill-tempered, but he's a smart coach. Is going to say, hey, fellas, we got lucky. We got really lucky, and we stole one today. So what happens, the team comes out focused, and they came out focused right away, and it was Indiana that was on its heels. I don't know if McCaffrey actually admits – to his team that they got lucky. He probably said, we got screwed by the officials all night, <laughs> and we still won. We overcame it. We persevered, <laughs> fellas. We persevered. I just, Indiana shot two for 11 from three at Assembly Hall tonight. I, I did not see this type of uh, lame performance coming from the Hoosiers after they looked so good mm-hmm. on Saturday at Mackey Arena. Just didn't see it. Neither did Dan Dockich, former Indiana player, and uh, <laughs> former ESPN analyst. Do we have the edited version of what he said before we go any further? <laughs> Actually, I got the, the Dan Dockett's uh, tweet. <laughs> Again, let's throw it up here. At Dan Dockett's on Twitter. Just sitting down to watch Indiana basketball. Why well, bet them now? Fran, Khan, and crew ain't winning at Assembly Hall tonight. So uh, That's why Dan Dockett uh, should not bet sports. <laughs> I think a couple of years ago, he lost. He admitted he lost. He admitted he lost so much on the NCAA tournament that he had to take a job as a pizza delivery guy. Right? Remember this? Yeah, he was doing. He yeah. was doing some door dashing. Yeah. Uh, so Dan Dockett's got that one. So did Rex Byers. By the way, did you see Rex Byers' tweet? I did not uh, tonight before the game. I did not. Um, now we're, Rex is a friend of ours. He's in the uh, Circa College Hoops Challenge. He put the absolute kiss of death on Indiana before tonight's game. His tweet before tip-off, quote, not sure where this Iowa steam was from. Iowa miraculous win and cover Saturday. They are largely trash on the road. Nothing fluky about IU beating Purdue again. Revenge spot back in Bloomington. So long as IU keeps guarding, Hoosiers by double digits. Yeah, there's the caveat. So as long as IU keep keeps guarding. guarding, they did not well, keep you know guarding. They didn't, they didn't do much offensively no. either, Wes, when you shoot two for 11 from three. Yeah, this was just an absolute horrible performance. I think, you know, a BS performance, as Mike Woodson described it, uh, in the full uh, word, not abbreviated. But, yeah, it was bad on all sides. It was bad coaching. Uh, These guys were absolute lost defensively, didn't make adjustments either in the second half. So, Indiana will have a senior day on Sunday with Michigan coming in, a chance at least to maybe end on a high note. 
Trace Jackson Davis going to participate in Senior Day. He is not coming back to Bloomington. Maybe Xavier Johnson is going to be back for that one. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, by the way, passed Allen Henderson, a guy you and I know mm-hmm. very well, as the all-time leading rebounder in program history. But nevertheless, a story, 90-68, to 68, Iowa all over Indiana. Indiana closed as a uh, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Lost at home by 22 tonight. And I think the Hoosiers have two NBA lottery picks. Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino. You think both are going to be lottery picks? Uh, I think the guard will be. I don't know if Trace will Man, be. I, I think Trace Jackson Davis is a, a good looking NBA prospect. He's a fringe lottery pick, let's call it that way. Perhaps. He's yeah, a, he's, he's moved up. I he's think. a first round pick without a doubt. If, if he's not a first round pick, something's wrong. Okay, let's take a quick break. Chris the Bear Felica on deck. Stay tuned for the Bear. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, with the Arnold Palmer Invitational in UFC 285 this week, head to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost for all the golf fans and bettors out there. Bet Rivers is a place to bet the Arnold Palmer Open. Arnold Palmer Invitational. Who, yes. wrote, who wrote this? It's the Invitational. Arnold Palmer Invitational with top 10 insurance. Place your pre-tourney bet on an outright winner. The action doesn't stop there. Bet Rivers has you covered for UFC 285 with parlay insurance and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the app. Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. We're going to talk about the Arnold Palmer Invitational and do a lot more golf later in the show tonight. But right now it's football. With Chris the Bear Felica, the winner of the inaugural Circa Friday Football Invitational. Bear, great to have you back on. I know you came out to Vegas. You met up with Mike Palm here at Circa, collected your $15,000 check, and it looks like you took it to paradise and hit the beach. <laughs> yes, we did. We enjoyed a nice uh, little trip there at Turks and Caicos. I, still, I do need to get back out there, though. And uh, and get my my green jacket and my trophy. So uh, <laughs> uh, I need to rearrange it, and I need to catch a little little future on the Chiefs as well. So we'll, we'll figure out a time to, uh, to to get back out there. Yeah, but the uh, the, the winnings were well spent in uh, in Turks and Caicos. Yeah, I know Derek Stevens said there was a little bit of trouble. The size jacket you wear was not readily available. So we're working on the uh, green jacket. <laughs> imagine imagine that. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that size jacket I would need would be right 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 off the rack. <laughs> All right, but uh, the green jacket, the trophy, and then you're going to cash a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl futures bet. What, what odds did you get the Chiefs on? When did you bet that? Well, it was, uh, it was, part, of, uh, it was part of a cross-board parlay that I had over at Circus. So it, it was a lovely ticket involving the, uh, the Las Vegas Aces, the Houston Astros, Georgia Bulldogs, and closing it out with the Chiefs. So uh, I, I, I did not have the Eagles involved in any of my parlays, so – I, uh, I did have a future at DraftKings prior to the year that that I had, and then the uh, the crossbow parlay, which uh, which cashed as well. So it's a uh, it was a good uh, good conclusion to the football season. Nice job, the Bear won the Circuit Friday Football Invitational and has moved from ESPN to Fox here at the first of the year. All right, Bear, Wes Reynolds with me here. We're going to uh, talk some NFL draft and the quarterbacks that you you have watched closely in college football and how you evaluate these guys. There's been a lot of hype. And uh, I think a decent amount of action on Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, to go number one overall in the NFL draft. I'm not buying it, uh, but the odds were as high as 100 to one. 
Now you're, you're going to see around 7-1, to 10-1 to 1 in the market for Anthony Richardson to go number one. That pick belongs to the Bears. It's probably going to be traded. But are you buying Anthony Richardson as a viable number one pick or even a top ten pick, Bear? <laughs> Not at all for the number one pick. I, I, I can't see that at all. Just That has to be some sort of just rumor and throw something out there to try and generate some interest and maybe some movement amongst the the top 10, 12, 15 in, in the draft. But he, he was barely ready to play this year at Florida. And I think it showed in his game. And, and someone passed along a story to me and they were talking about when he, when Florida played Kentucky earlier in the year. And like when Florida lost that game, I, like, like he, Richardson was like, I, I blew it. Like, I, it wasn't like blow. I didn't blow the game. It was like I blew my chance at being drafted higher than Will Levis. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could take this kid uh, in the top ten. Obviously, he has a ton of physical tools that someone would need to develop. But I, I just, it's funny. Fran Fischel used to have that uh, that that, that same, like he's a year away from being a year away. Like, like that, that's kind of what he is. And if you got somebody who you are confident in right now, and you can think you can have a stable veteran leader in the locker room to groom this guy for a couple of years, uh, maybe it's worth it. But if you're, if you're going to take this guy and, and expect him to play right away, I, I can't see it at all. Bear, let's stick with the quarterbacks. As you know, I'm an Indiana native, so Indianapolis Colts are my hometown team. And uh, uh, Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay, who, by the way, Matt, I'm going to see in concert out here this weekend. You're not going to. I am going to see the Jim Irsay collection. I just saw that advertised this week, and I I thought, who the hell would go to that? Well, he does have Billy Gibbons and Stephen Stills Uh, and Vince Gill and some great musicians. Is is actually Jim Irsay, is he in the band? He does sing. He does sing on a oh few of the numbers. Gosh, Kenny Wayne Shepard is also in the band. So. Oh, wow. You're going. Did you pay for tickets? Uh, no, they were free. They were free <laughs> right here at the Downtown Event Center. But anyway, Bear, back to the task at hand. Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard do have a big decision here, and they're sitting at number four. You've watched a lot of Bryce Young. You've watched a lot of C.J. Stroud. I'm sure you've watched enough film on Will Levis. Got to think the Colts are going quarterback. What do you do if you're in the position of Jim Mercer and Chris Ballard? Do you go ahead and trade up, and who would you grab in that one spot, assuming Chicago's uh, willing to part with that? I, I think when everything gets done with uh, the testing and the measurables, and the combine and the interviews and the film, I, I think Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, it's It was a little strange to me that he, he opted not to throw it tells me he feels pretty good about everything else. Uh, what what he's gonna what he's gonna weigh, what he's gonna what he's gonna measure in terms of height, uh, how he's gonna do in, in, in the interviews. I, I think he is the most pro ready to step in right away and play because I, I think of all the quarterbacks you mentioned, uh, Stroud and Levis as well. I, I think the one thing that you need to do to be able to play right away is process and Bryce young processes information quicker than any of these guys. I think that are up for debate uh, to be a top five or a top six. If you watch the sec championship game in, uh, in, in 21, uh, when they beat Georgia at that, that time, he was unbelievable in terms of his decision-making uh, this year as well uh, with, with a bunch of young receivers. It was really on him. So I think young has the most going for him. Uh, I think Stroud obviously possesses the, 
uh, the physical build and the prototypical size of a quarterback. And, and I do know, and it's kind of a, like the, the, a punchline right now about Levis. Oh, he's Josh Allen. But I do know that there are a lot of offensive coordinators out there that think they can turn him into something special. Because uh, I think if you look at, and, and look, being an Indiana guy, you, you, familiar with Kentucky as well, their football program. I mean, their offensive line was not good this year at all. He, he played a good portion of the year injured. And, and I think he's another guy who he's going to win the interview. He's a good, he's a, from all accounts, a good kid. And, and, and I think he will, uh, he will probably go higher than a lot of people are going to snicker at where he goes, but, but uh, I, I think he does have some upside, but, but I, I would go young Stroud Levis in terms of uh, lacking the one, two, three. Young, Stroud, Levis, and then uh, Richardson, number four? Or is there somebody else that you might rank as a prospect? Uh, you look at Tanner McKee, Hendon Hooker, other guys out there. Anybody else that yeah. you might think is a better pro prospect, actually, than uh, Anthony Richardson? I love I love Jake Hanner. Okay. Uh, he's someone yeah. who, for the last couple of years, uh, I've watched at Fresno State. He's got, like, kind of that little bit of swag, chip, Kind of, kind of prove, prove you're wrong. I mean, transferred from Washington to Fresno. He put up some unbelievable games uh, against UCLA a couple of years ago. And this year as well, uh, he wowed people down there at the, uh, uh, the senior bowl this year. He's someone who he's not going to be a first round pick. And I could totally see him working himself into the, uh, into Friday and maybe that, that third round. He's a guy that if you're looking for a quarterback, uh, you don't want to move up into the first round. I, I think Jake Hayner is someone who's very viable. I mean, I am curious to see about Hendon Hooker because uh, coming off of the injury, uh, he's an older quarterback. And I wonder if the combination of the injury and the age uh, really pushes him down uh, some teams boards. It would be a shame because he had an absolutely incredible year this year. Man, I remember Jake Hayner in that UCLA game. He got the hell beat out of him at the Rose mm-hmm. Bowl and kept coming back and coming back for more. And the Bulldogs pulled the upset. That was an epic performance by Jake Hayner in that game. No doubt about it. I remember that, too, at the Rose Bowl. I'm a big Jake Hayner fan as well. I think he's a, kind of an under-the-radar prospect here that nobody's talking about. But guys like that who get drafted maybe in the third, fourth round can turn out to be uh, uh, real sleepers. I think very, very valuable picks. And Jake Hayner is a guy that uh, probably should be talked about a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not completely sold on Will Levis. Uh, I know what you're saying, Bear. He got beat out of Penn State by Sean Clifford, transferred to Kentucky. I thought he had a pretty good offensive line in 2021 when he threw 13 interceptions. Uh, I'm just not completely convinced on him. But I agree with you. It would be Young, Stroud, Levis. And then uh, I don't even know if I'd put Richardson number four. I think Jake Hayner might be a better. He wouldn't be on my board. (laughs) Is that right? He wouldn't be on my board. Yeah, not not, not Hayner. I I would – in terms of the, just the value and what you can mm-hmm. do. With, I mean, I think that's how teams should look at it as well. What you can do with your first and second round pick to, to cut to, so you, you want Anthony Richardson and player B, or do you want to take one of the premier offensive linemen, defensive linemen, whomever, and take Hainer in, in, in the third round? I think that combination is probably better. Right now, Bryce Young anywhere from minus 120 to minus 180 to be the number one pick in the draft. Let's talk a little bit more NFL draft and a couple college football topics with Chris DeBear Felica on the other side. Stay tuned here. Back in a couple minutes, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
If you're looking for a betting edge on hockey, NBA, or college hoops, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Don't miss out. Limited time offer. VSIN.com slash subscribe. $9.99. VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right. Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, Chris the Bear Felica continues with us here on VSIN tonight. Bear, thanks for sticking around. So, if you could make the bet today, would you say Bryce Young minus 120 to be the number one overall pick would be your play? You know, I, I wish I could uh, find 120 because I, I actually got it at 130 uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and I did play Bryce Young to be the number one pick at, one, at minus 130. So, I, I think that line is going to move. Um, once the uh, when, once we get past combine week and silly season get get gets going here in earnest, and uh, I was hoping it was going to be a little bit better of a price with all this Richardson buzz, but uh, take what I can get because I, I don't think it'll be uh, it'll be one thirty for much longer. How many quarterbacks do you think will be drafted in the first round? Is it going to be four? Is that the number? I think you're going to get four. You'll get the three we talked about, and someone will take Anthony Richardson, whether. It's, we say yes or no. I, I think it's a stretch to to think that uh, McKee or uh, or Hainer or one of those other guys or, or Hooker will go first round. And may, maybe enough buzz will look, one of those teams will look for uh, for contractual control for the extra year uh, with, with the quarterback. But I, I think you're definitely going to get four. So I don't I don't know what that if that prop will be four and a half or. Uh, you can't make it three and a half because you know you're going to get four. So they'll probably make it. They may make it four and a half, and then figure out what the uh, what the juice will be on one side. Right. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Chris Felica. The Bear has moved from ESPN to Fox. You were with uh, ESPN and College Game Day for what 27 years? Is that right? Correct. Yep. 27 yep. years. Now you're at Fox for uh, two months. How are things going? And uh, what's your plan in terms <laughs> of sports betting coverage? You're going to be involved in at Fox and college right. football. <laughs> It's funny because I was supposed to uh, be a part of the the, the Super Bowl pregame show, and uh, I had an unfortunate incident at the airport in Hartford on Friday when I was getting ready to fly on out, which resulted in me being bedridden for for 24 hours. I won't go any into any greater detail than that, but it sucked because I would have been the only other uh, would have been the only Kansas City pick on that pregame show, and I was sitting there on the uh, uh, on Sunday watching it. So I was. Uh, dejected because I mean it, it's the Super Bowl and to be able to be a part of a pregame show in the Super Bowl would have been a, a big deal. But no, we um, I, I think we're going to have some stuff at least on the uh, the digital side uh, coming up with the uh, NCAA tournaments and previews and and such. And then I'll be a part of the uh, uh, the Belmont Stakes coverage which Fox has in June. Uh, some soccer coming up during the summer, and then uh, we're still figuring things out in terms of a. Uh, uh, big noon. Yeah, I had a little call today, and certainly, obviously, uh, be a part of that. And doing a lot. Well, I think a lot of the same, this things that that I had done uh, at ESPN, just uh, on a different platform with some different people right now. Bear, I was actually going to ask if you were going to be part of America's Day at the races on the Fox coverage. I want to see you and Andy Serling go at it at Belmont, man, uh, <laughs> with uh, horse. I know you're a big horse better, and you know, of course, uh, we're going to have the Derby. All the Derby prep races are about to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this weekend will be a uh, a big weekend. Uh, there was some some preps this past weekend in Arkansas, and then week before Fairgrounds. So yeah, for the first uh, first round of preps are underway, and we'll we'll be uh, we'll be going soon. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, with the uh, uh, the Baffert horses moving again to 
whomever, whether it's Timmy Octine or, or someone else and, and how they wind up running on the first Saturday of May. But yeah, it'll be, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, to see how that all goes down. Chris, the bear fleek at Fox sports with us. I'm sure you're going to be involved in big noon kickoff when uh, the college football season rolls around. I want to throw this story at you because this irritates me. And um, for those of us who love college football, there's no reason to talk about trying to shorten the games. So college football leaders are meeting in Indianapolis. They're going to talk about rule changes. that could shorten the games, shorten game times, reduce the number of plays during the 2023 season. One of the rule changes under consideration, running the clock after a first down, except in the last two minutes of the half. Bear, what, what's the deal here? Why would you try to shorten college? You, you got a product that people love. There's no reason to mess with it. What's the deal? Well, the, the, the deal is, I mean, obviously, they're going to, to sell it as safety. And I, I could be wrong, but I thought I read somewhere that the, the study, would, would, there would be like combined like 18 fewer plays or something in a game, which would just, which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not player safety. While yes, it's important. That's not the main cause. The, 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 the reason for this is television driven to try and shorten the window to squeeze it into the window that you have for the game without sacrificing commercial inventory. The only reason people get upset is when you turn on a game at noon and it kicks at 1210, which is fine. And the next game on that channel is supposed to start at three 30 and three 30 comes and that game isn't over. And it's on another channel for the first 15, 20 minutes. The simple solution is to start the kickoff at four o'clock, noon and four o'clock, give yourself more room, but then that pushes everything back, and that's what television doesn't want. So well, and I probably I, shouldn't say I probably shouldn't say that because I work in TV, but but that's the that that's the real deal. Well, and I noticed that Fox did that this weekend. They had Indiana Purdue in a primetime spot for college basketball Saturday night. 4.30 tip-off, you know, and they're leading right into, like, the pregame, showing the teams take the floor, and people want to see that in a rivalry. And, you know, when people at your old employer, you know, complain about, oh, we don't get to see the pregame festivities with Duke and North Carolina, it's because you're, you're running a game against it. Two hours isn't enough for college basketball. Yep, exactly. That was, I remember that when I used to work the uh, – uh, the college basketball studio stuff. Yeah, seven o'clock and nine o'clock, and, and you, you, literally you'd never end end the game before nine o'clock. You'd be you'd be going out there uh, already in action. But yeah, it's it's it, it's a shame because I mean we all love college football and we want to see uh, as much of it as we possibly can, and to to basically sacrifice probably a drive or two uh, per team per game. That, that, that kind of sucks. I mean, I mean, I'd be curious to see how the the odds makers account for this uh, right away if, if how baked into the number and the totals are uh, how, how lower they're going to be because I, I don't really know if there's if you can kind of quantify it right at the start I mean you can obviously use your your points per play points per drive kind of things and and, and see how that goes but uh, I'm curious to see how low these totals might get uh, if all these changes do take place. I was going to ask you about that next. What do you think, Wes? Because you're talking about running clock after first downs. You might shorten the game by about 15 plays. You've yeah. got to lower the totals in college football games if that's the case. But how do you do it? Well, and and I certainly understand, you know, eliminating timeouts after every first down because the fact that everybody runs tempo now. 
you know, nobody except for like Army, Navy and Air Force running the triple option where they're bleeding the clock. So, yeah, you probably will have to shorten. I mean, they'll shorten the totals a little bit, but teams are running. Everybody's running, you know, the same offense where it's like, okay, run as many plays as you can and as fast as you can. That's the philosophy of all these guys. And that's why you see these absurd totals in college football. Bear, what about the other rule changes that are being thrown out there? Anything else that you don't like, or is that that basically the main one? Yeah, that that that's the main one. I'm still, I'm someone who I wish they would make a rule change in terms of uh, like like being down without without contact. I mean, there's nothing worse than player making a great interception, diving on the ground, not being touched, and. That ball play, plays dead right there. I, I like the NFL way of being able to to get up and and run if you're not much, touched by the opposing team. That's something that's not being discussed right now. But I, I would love to, uh, to to see that take place. But but again, I'm sure they will say player safety is first and foremost. You don't want to have a player <laughs> hurry up and get a take, take take a hit that he didn't have to take. So. I don't know. I I, I like seeing seeing excitement and uh, any anything that's gonna take excitement away from the game just kind of sucks. Yeah, and I don't like it when it's explained to say, well, it's for player safety reasons because, like you said, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. You know, you know what's interesting? Player safety. Player safety didn't seem to come up when you expanded the playoff by by four games, and these teams might play right. like sixteen games a year. It's interesting <laughs> how player safety didn't come up then. It did it. No. When you're when you're playing more games, but now all of a sudden you got too many plays. They're always looking out for the student athlete, guys. Oh, it's all you know about that. The it's all about the safety, health, and safety of the student athletes. That's all that matters, Wes. Bear. Hey, uh, Bear. Thanks for jumping on, man. Congratulations again on the Circa Friday Football Invitational Championship, and I'll make sure Derek Stevens gets that green jacket ready for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care, guys. Great talking to you, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you soon. You okay, bet, Bear. Thank you. All right, the Bear moved from ESPN to Fox at the first of the year. You're going to see him a lot on Big Noon kickoff uh, this season. I love college football. I don't see any reason to shorten the games. Yeah, the only problem for me is that I don't often have the time to get my bets in right before kickoff, but that's the only reason I'd want to see them shortened. All right, we'll talk more college hoops when we come back. Hour number two, stay tuned. v the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.